the volume. All right, welcome into another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Special edition pod. The playoffs are here. You got to bring in the heavyweights. My man, been on the pod a few times before. One of the best in the biz, in my humble opinion, Raheem Palmer of the Action Network. Raheem, great to be with you. Happy playoffs, sir. It's good to be here, man. It's always an honor, man. We've had some great shows together, so I'm excited for the NBA playoffs. Like, this is actually my favorite sports weekend of the year. I know a lot of people get excited about the NCAA tournament. There's other people who get excited around the time of baseball playoffs. There's other people who get excited for that first NFL weekend, but this is by far my favorite because it's NBA games back to back to back the highest level so i'm excited it's a great weekend for me to have to go to a wedding for one of my best friends i'm gonna be that guy with the phone out at the table oh man and some money on the game if it wasn't a myspace top eight homie i would not have made it i would i would have <laughs> you threw, you threw it back I would have got an excused absence from the teacher and not attended, but no, nah, he's, he's in my space. He's on the top row. So I have to go, but oh, I might yeah, digress. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, you got a my space top eight. You got to rock with that. So I'm I got to rock with it. I got to rock with it. All <laughs> right. So let's, I want to kind of dive in on, on how to bet the NBA playoffs from your point of view. You've been doing this for a long time. I know you throw a lot of shekels on games on series. So for new betters for our listeners that are just getting in, maybe it's their first NBA playoffs or second, talk to me a little bit about betting strategy and how it's different in the playoffs and how you cap the playoffs versus a regular season NBA betting. Okay. First things first, when it comes to the playoffs, home court advantage is much different. So like in the regular season, you got home court advantage around two to three points. And the NBA playoffs last year, I had it at around six points last year. So home court is really, really everything. It's, it's major key. And I think one of the things that you'll see is that the team that wins game one tends to win 70, 80 percent of the time unless they're unless unless you get an upset in game one. Like more often than not, the team that won games one tends to win 70, 80% of the time. So there's different strategies you can use. Like one of the strategies I like to use is the zigzag theory. And a lot of times if you see a, a top three seed get upset, you can you can play them in game two. So you look at last year, the Memphis Grizzlies upset the Utah Jazz. You come back on a Utah Jazz game two, they blew them out. Same thing with the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost game one against the Hawks. They came back and beat the Hawks by almost 40 in game two. Same thing with the Sixers. So I think that trend is actually 28 and 16 at 64%. That's top three seeds coming off a of game one loss. You want to play that on a zigzag theory. I also like to play mid-series adjusted series prices because you can get a better deal on an adjusted series line. So just to give you an example, last year the Clippers went down 0-2 against the Mavericks. You can get them at plus money to come back and win the series. So that's one I took advantage of. Another one is unders in the NBA playoffs. You look at the, un, like if you look at the pace, the pace of the NBA game, the amount of possessions. On average, you're seeing around three less possessions a game. And that's pretty big. So you look at unders in the NBA playoffs, 269 
and 228. It's around 54%. Now, you can't blindly play that, but you can pick your spots. Um, one of the things I like to play also is game seven unders. Game sevens are ugly, ugly games. Yeah. And, and game sevens, you're looking at unders have gone 33 and 21 at 61%. So there's so many different ways that you can do. And then I have a trend. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you one last one. I know actually I got two. I got two more. Um, you got time to more. Let's go. Heck yeah, man. Okay. I'm loving this. Okay. So here's a trend that I actually created. And this is one that I figured out because you guys saw the 2016 finals. So you look at the Golden State Warriors, right? Golden State Warriors. Who did they play in the Western Conference Finals? They played the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were in a grueling series. They had to battle back from 3-1. You look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. They beat up on the Raptors by one of the greatest point differentials ever. So you had those two teams coming into the finals. One is a little bit more rested. So after that, I did some research, and I wanted to find out about the cumulative effect of playing a seven-game series and how that impacts teams going forward. So check this out. Teams that win game seven, are 39 and 49. That's 39% straight up in game one of the following series. So wow. blindly faded those te- Yeah, you blindly faded those teams that come off of game seven, you're going to hit 61%. It gets deeper because teams that win game one tend to win 70, 80% of the time. Teams that win game seven are 34 and 46. That's 41% straight up in the following series. So you look at a team, like you look at the, the, the Eastern Conference bracket right now. You got Boston and Brooklyn playing each other. And th- they may have to play Milwaukee next. So if they're in a grueling seven-game seven series and Milwaukee goes out there and sweeps the Bulls, who has the advantage? The Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm looking at stuff like that. And then the final trend is home teams down 0-2. They're going home in game three. That's a big mm-hmm. trend, so – those are, those are some of my favorite ways to play the NBA playoffs. <laughs> I hope everyone had a pad and a pen out listening because those are sensational breakdowns. So, Raheem, when you're doing your research pre-series, you're looking – we could take the Mavs jazz right now as far as line movement goes. We're seeing a lot of line movement in that series, obviously contingent on Luka. Do you typically wait for money to come in? Do you assess series betting prices before the tip-off for game one in any particular way and or particularly with this Jazz-Mavs series with the star being out? And I believe it was a pick and now the Jazz are like minus 400-something of that elk. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, when you look at when you look at that series in particular, Luka Doncic, he has a calf injury. And – he actually has a calf strain and the average length of time for that, that could be a week long injury or it could be a, a two month injury. Um, I think the average is around 16 days. Now I am in the unfortunate position of actually having that same injury right now. I actually, I actually tore my calf back oh, in February, wow. like right before this, I actually came from physical therapy and I was getting a massage on my calf because like, I'm still dealing with it and like six weeks out. So, um, I'm going into this assuming that Luca isn't going to be playing the first two games. Um, now, obviously, he's a lot younger than me. I'm 36 years old. He's 23. I think when you're you're in your 20s, you can heal up in a couple of weeks. But I think that's a really bad injury that puts them in a really tough spot. So I understand why that that line moved just as much. But I don't think that the Mavs are completely dead just based on the fact that 
the Jazz, they're just struggling with some chemistry issues right now, and it, it appears that they're going to be blowing it up. But just to answer your question as far as like analyzing these series before before they start, I think the biggest thing is that you kind of got to have an opinion of which side that you like and and kind of know what you're looking for going going in. So if you look at that Boston Nets series, they actually opened up the, the Boston Celtics as underdogs in certain places. So you were able to jump on that and, and get an edge. And now I think they're minus 130 at DraftKings, minus 150 in some spots. So you want to be able to just jump out and, and get ahead of the number because, I mean, the market is so efficient these days. It's going to move to the point where it has no value at some point. Any series you jumped on as soon as you saw the lines that you really feel strongly about? Okay, so I jumped on the Boston Celtics. Um, Caesars had it at wow. plus one fifteen. Yeah, Caesars had it at plus one fifteen. Man, you like the Celtics to win that series? I do. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, look, I, my motto actually makes the Celtics is the best team in the league, even ahead of the Phoenix Suns. They have the high. They have the best point, point differential in the league, and. They have the best defense in the league. And I think when I look at that series, look, the Brooklyn Nets, they're a solid team. But if the Celtics can just decrease their like the efficiency of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant just slightly, you don't, you don't, I mean, you're not going to slow those guys down. Just slightly decrease their efficiency. There's not much else there. They're not, they're not a good defensive team. They're not a good rebounding team. To me, the Celtics are just more complete. So I think Tatum has proven that he could be the best player in this series. We saw him drop 54 on his team on Sunday afternoon. So I do like the Celtics. I grabbed that. I did grab the Bucks minus two and a half games at minus 180. Um, I put a little bit less on the sweep at plus 260. I mean, obviously, you look at the Bucks. The last time the Bulls beat the Bucks with Giannis was in December of 2017. I mean, they yeah. won 60 yeah, out of the last 17 games. So I think the Bucks get that done. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the series didn't, a lot of these series didn't fall the way I wanted it to fall. I wanted to take the Mavericks, but obviously Luka got hurt. I think that Grizzlies Timberwolves series is a tough series. I think that's going to be tougher than a lot of people realize. I do kind of like the Sixers. I'm going to be honest with you because the Raptors are kind of becoming that public underdog. But I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the Sixers in game one and I'm going to approach it from there just because I think Nick Nurse can out coach Doc. Um, but I'm taking the Sixers in game one, and we're going to go from there. When you're hedging, if you do hedge in NBA playoffs, like uh, let's take a game, for example. Um, I, I was on the Clippers. I saw you were on the Clippers as well. I, I still contest two sleeps later that that was the right side at plus three. I, I genuinely felt the wrong team was favored in that. You look at the 10-point lead in that end of the third, early fourth, and you could have got the T-Wolves at plus six and a half, either, even all the way up on FanDuel to plus 400. When you're seeing that kind of a swing in line movement and money line, and it's the other side. So you're on the Clippers, you're seeing T-Wolves plus six and a half, so you could middle it at plus three and plus six and a half, or you could just decrease your position a little, but essentially maybe win money at four to one if you go money line. When and if is it appropriate to bet on the other side with points and hedge and or try to middle in the playoffs? Or do you have a strict philosophy otherwise? I mean, for me, as far as that game, look, I mean, I just think we kind of caught a bad break in the sense that how many times is Carl Anthony Towns going to foul out 
and then they go on a 16 to two run. So I didn't hedge in that game. I don't tend to hedge in game as much unless it's the way I hedge in game is like, let's say if you had the Brooklyn Nets, what were they up? 20, right? Yeah. And if you laid the eight and a half, you laid the seven, maybe you can grab the 20. I think you got a nice little 13, 12 point middle. I think hedging in that manner is fine, but I don't want to hedge if I'm, you know, I'm getting three and then I don't want to come back and, and, and get three or six. Like I, I need a big, I need a bigger middle than that. Um, now, as far as hedging in the NBA playoffs, there's times where I'll, I'll hedge a series bet, but it's, I mean, it's very rare. I'm, like, I think it's it's nice, like, let's say if you took the Mavericks last year and you're, what were they? They were dogs, like plus 250 dogs or something like that. They win the first two games. You can come back and hedge on the Clippers and pretty pretty much set yourself up for position. So if you're taking a dog, you can, you can hedge. Or you, like, I like to hedge futures. Like, I think that's the best way to hedge in NBA playoffs. So you maybe you take um, – Let's say if you took the Golden State Warriors, I think they're plus 1,000 to win the NBA title. You could, they get to the Western Conference Finals, you can kind of hedge out in that situation. And I know you're very good with your futures. You've been on the money numerous years past. This is a particularly interesting East. I'm more interested in your thoughts on the Eastern Conference where are you with the top four, as we know, all separated by just a couple games? Heat win the East, they get home court. Bucks probably threw that game, we would all imagine, and rested everyone, you could say politically correct, to get that three seed. And we have, of course, the Celtics up there and the Sixers. Where are you in the East? Have you fired on a future? And do you have any team? I know you mentioned the Celtics are the best team in the NBA, according to your model, but want to get your thoughts on all things futures in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to be honest with you, the way the bracket found out, I can't fire on any futures right now because wow. I just think the bracket the, the bracket lined out in the worst possible manner. And I, I kind of hinted on this earlier when it comes to, you know, how I like the fade teams coming off a seven-game series. But look at it like this. The three best teams in the conference are probably the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and I mean, people might argue against the Nets, but they have the highest upset side over the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76. They're all on the same side of the bracket. So the Celtics have to play the Nets, and then the winner of that series has to play the Bucks. So do I really want to play a future on one of those when all three of those teams are going to beat up on each other? And then you look at the other side of the bracket. you got the Philadelphia 76 and the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat, they are the best team in the East, I mean, by record, but I still don't think – I think they're off their half court offense is kind of lacking. And I don't I don't trust that they're gonna be able to score enough. And then when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, you got top-notch talent and James Harden and Joel Embiid. But I wrote an article on the Sixers last week. I mean, I think it's it's really profiled and it details everything. James Harden is not the same guy. They don't have a bench. And Glenn Rivers, he's known for choking series away. <laughs> so do I really want to like if you ask me what the value is on right now, the value is on the Philadelphia 76 just based on their path. I mean, if they can get past the Raptors, you're looking at the Miami Heat or, I mean, whoever they beat. I mean, I guess between the Atlanta Hawks and the Cavaliers, looking at Miami Heat, Cleveland, um, Atlanta Hawks. So they have, the, they have a, the clearest path to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't trust 
James Harden at this stage of his career, and I, I don't trust Glenn Rivers. So from just uh, – I, I just can't do it. <laughs> uh, where are you on the Bucks? Because it seems like they're they're playing they're playing some of their best basketball. Again, their defense has noticeably dropped off from last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they'll miss a PJ Tucker in the playoff series this year. How do you capping this Bucks team? I, we all agree they're going to fly by the Bulls, but after that, do you still think they're the team to beat in the East because they're the champs? I mean, I think they're they're definitely the favorite in the East. But I mean, I, I told you I like the Celtics. I, I, I really just think that, especially if the Celtics get a healthy time lord back, I think that's a, that's a tough series. Um, but I do think Giannis is the best player in the conference. So you kind of got to give them an edge, obviously. I mean, actually, they won't have home court against the Celtics. I mean, should the help Celtics make it through? But it's just, I, I really do like the Bucks, but they give up a ton of threes. And that, that is a concern. Any confidence after how good the Hawks looked last night? Little March Madness shakeup, if you will. Could they somehow, if they get past the Cavs, get past the Miami Heat and really shake things up in the East? I think they're going to need John Collins. But I think the thing with that series is the Heat can't score. They, they can't consistently score and I think the Hawks are, you know, the second best offense and the second best offensive rating in the league this year. So I think you're going to have games in which the Hawks can just pretty much outscore them. The thing with the Hawks is, can they get enough stops? So I do think that's a tough series for Miami. Um, believe it or not, I think that's a six game series either way. I don't see them. I don't see the heat putting them out in five, but I think the Hawks can challenge them. I think that's a really good series. So last thing on the East, it's probably not Miami. You maybe, mm-hmm. even though you have a detailed article on Philly, think there could be some value on Philly, and you're not ready to fire on Celtics or Bucks yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think whoever emerges from those three between the Celtics, Bucks, and Nets, they're going to win. That, okay. that bracket right there, that side of the bracket is going to win the East. But the fact that they're on, on the same side is prohibiting me from actually putting the future down. But if I had to put, I mean, I guess if you're looking for value right now, just based on how the bracket fell, it's the Sixers. All right. Let's switch to the West here before I let you jam. I've never seen, I don't know if you've ever seen all your years of betting, just over even money for a team to get out of a conference like we have with the Phoenix Suns. I don't know how you feel about that. I did want to get your thoughts. We could keep it general. We could say, are you taking the Suns? Are you taking the Western Conference field? If you were to take one or the other here, how confident are you in Phoenix getting out of the West? I'm taking the Phoenix Suns. Look, the only team that can beat the Suns is the Golden State Warriors. That's the only team that can beat the Suns. Nobody else can beat the Suns in the conference. And the reason why I'm saying that is because the Warriors are able, and I'm not that high on the Warriors, even though I do think Jordan Poole and Klay Thompson, with them starting to emerge, it is making them a little bit more scary. But the Suns, to me, they just out-execute everybody. This is not. This is a team that, I mean, look, they're second in my model right now, but this is a team that's just, they've been dominant all season long. And the biggest thing I like about this Suns team is they don't lose close games. And I don't know if people yeah. see my, t- my tweets on this, but 
the Suns are 33 and nine in the clutch. And obviously Chris Paul missed some time. At one point they were like 21 and two in the clutch. And, and this is what NBA defines as clutch games. Clutch games are games that are, have a point differential of five or less with five minutes to go. So if you get this team in a close game and we saw them come back against the jazz last week, if they're in a close game, it's a one, two possession game. More often than not, they're going to win. They have an offensive rating of 131, a defensive rating of 98, and a net rating of 33.4 in a clutch. So it's just Gosh. like basically what happens if, you, if you're in a close game with them, Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to hit every mid-range ju- jump shot. Mikael Bridges is going to lock you down on defense. And I just don't think you can compete with that. And I think the rest of these teams are extremely flawed. So I like the Suns at plus 270 to win the, the win the NBA title. And I think if they get to the if they get to the um, NBA finals, you can hedge that out. Wow. All right. So you you've already staked your position on the Suns to win it all. Yeah. I, I mean, the only the only team that worries me is, is the Golden State Warriors, because I think the Golden State Warriors match up with them. They can switch every pick and roll. And I mean, you have a guy in, in Draymond Green who can kind of blow things up. But outside of the Warriors. I think the Suns can just – they're going to out-execute everybody. And the, also, the thing that makes it even better right now is the fact that Luka got hurt. So now their path is easier. So you got the, the Mavericks and the Jazz in the 4-5 matchup. And let's just – I mean, the Jazz are heavy favorites with Luka hurt. The Jazz can't beat the Suns. They just can't. No. And, I mean, if it was the Mavericks and the Suns, I'm a little worried just because Luka is so good. Like when you look at Luka, the only team has the only team that has beat Luka is the Clippers. And the Clippers were, they were pretty much the favorite to win the title before last year. And then last year, the only reason why they don't they probably don't go to the finals is because Kawhi Leonard got hurt. So that's what it took to beat Luka. It took Robo Jordan and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. <laughs> and they had to go seven games with they had to go seven games with Luca in his second playoff. So there's no Luca. So, I mean, that makes the, the Suns path easier. All right, I want to get you out of here with this. You've done this for yourself. You've, you've educated others. In terms of building a bankroll and starting with X amount and working off building that money up, you've done this. And I was curious if you had for our listeners, you know, they want to get into betting. They don't want to do it for just, you know, entertainment. They actually want to see if they can make a living off it, starting with a $500 or a thousand. Humble, if you were to start from scratch again, any Raheem Palmer philosophies and tricks of the trade for how to build a bankroll. And even if you have a a number of what to start out with, like a thousand bucks is a good start. Cause again, you know, the guys that go to the poker table in Vegas with 100 or 200 and they lose in 10 minutes, you know, you got some boys that go with a little more, they last a little longer. So I don't know if there's the same methodology Mm -hmm. with sports betting, but I wanted to give you the floor before I let you go on, on all things building a bankroll. I'll be honest. I had to start over a ton of times, but I think it's a lot easier to start over now because now we're operating in the age of legal sports gambling. And now you have all of these sports books, whether it's FanDuel, whether it's DraftKings, whether it's BetMGM, they're giving out free rolls. So basically like at FanDuel, right? If you sign up for FanDuel, they give you a thousand dollar risk-free bet. So basically you can put a thousand dollars in, you can put it on your strongest game. If it hits, now you got 
I mean, I guess with the juice, you got $900. If you play an underdog, you got a thousand or a little bit more, or maybe you can put that on a parlay and you shoot for the stars. Either way, you're either going to win or you get your money back. You took some other books. They have deposit bonuses. So you have some books where you deposit, they got a 100% deposit bonus, 50% deposit bonus. You deposit those, deposit that, now you got extra money. So I, I look at it like this. You play with their money and you take risks. And look, you hit a couple games with those deposit bonuses or those free rolls and you got yourself a nice little bankroll. The one thing I suggest is, look, if PointsBet or FanDuel or DraftKings says, hey, look, we have a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000, up to $2,000, or a free roll up to $1,000, put the whole thing in there. Don't don't just, okay, we got it, a free roll of a free roll up to $1,000, and you put $100 in there. You just wasted $900 of free money. So take advantage of that free money. Try to hit those first couple bets. And then pull your original take out and play with their money. And then before you know, you got a bankroll. So if you're playing with it, let's say you get a thousand dollars, you're up a thousand dollars. Then how much in a week's time will you bet? How many games, if you do have a methodology mm-hmm. on the amount of plays, I don't know if you're a less is more guy. And then also yeah. if you have a thousand bucks, what would your unit be? Okay. I think, I think once you, once you hit that first couple bets, I mean, that first bet or so, I mean, you, you, you took advantage of the deposit bonus, you should really be playing 2% of your bankroll. Like, so you got $1,000, that's like $20, $20 a game. Because it's just, it's so much variance. Now, I'm never going to fault somebody for being aggressive when they're first starting. I'm never going to fault that. You know what I mean? I'm never going to fault somebody for saying, you know what, look, I just hit them for $1,000 of their money. I'm going to take that money and look, I'm going to try to find my strongest game. Even if I've, I'm waiting a couple of days, even if I'm, it's, it's one game and just putting it on that. I'm never going to fault that, especially while you're building. But I think over time, you really need to be betting one, 2% of your bankroll because over time you're going to have games like that Clippers game where you're up 10, Carl Anthony Towns fouls out and you still lose. There's just a ton of variance in this. And you got to play for the long haul and not the short haul term. And so on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. 10 plays at the most, more like five plays a week? Um, I mean, we're in the playoffs right now. So I think you want to limit your action a little bit, maybe, maybe, maybe five plays. But I, I can't really give a ballpark figure because I think there's certain weeks it's going to be less plays. Certain weeks it's going to be more plays. But I think while you build and you definitely want to limit yourself, I think one of the things I suggest is while you're trying to build a bankroll is obviously we have the Action Network app where you can actually track everything. You need to write down and, and journal and track your plays in these apps so you know what you're good at. Do you know, are you better with size? Are you better with totals? Are you better at NBA? Are you better with NHL? So you got to know where your strengths are. And if those out there who follow me on Action Network and do not follow Raheem Palmer, you're sleeping. Make sure to I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm having a. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm kind of having a rough time right now. So you guys might want to fade me right now because I I have not been doing well this like these last two months. But we're gonna pick it up. <laughs> no, it's playoffs, baby. I believe in you. And if you get to Brooklyn <laughs> for a game, let me know, man. I got you on a beer. We gotta catch up. Say what up. Oh yeah, we time. definitely gotta catch up. Yeah.
Dean Palmer Action Network. Make sure to check him out on Twitter. He is doing pods weekly, killing it. Incredible writing as well for Action Network. Detailed betting write-ups weekly. Make sure to check him out. Raheem, thank you so much for coming on, man. Always a pleasure, and you're a wealth of knowledge in the betting space. Grateful to have you. Man, always an honor, man. We're, we're definitely going to catch up. I'm going to be out in New, York, in New York at some point. I love it, man. All right, Raheem Palmer, we'll see you next time, my man. The Volume.